the help of Hashem, we are learning Bavakama Daf Mem Zayin. We left off on Daf Mem Zayin, Amid Aleph, eight lines from the top of the Amid. The Gemara now is going to go back to the first case of the Mishnah, when you have an ox that gores a pregnant cow. We're speaking here in a scenario where we know, because there were Adem, that it was the ox that not only injured or killed the cow, it also killed the fetus. And now we're going to focus in how to evaluate that damage. So, Va'amar Rava says Rava, eight lines from the top of the Amit. We do not assess how much is a cow worth, a cow that's not pregnant, and also make a, a separate assessment of how much is a fetus worth, and then add both of these monies together and oblige the mazik to pay that. Elah says Rava Shaman Levalod Agab Para. We evaluate the the fetus together with the cow. In other words, says Rashi. Let's read Rashi inside seven lines from the top of the Amid. Ain Shaman. So Rashi says that this statement of Rava Areishokoi is going back to the first case of the Mishnah. If an ox gored a cow and the cow miscarried, ain't we spoke out, which would have been one way of assessment which will result in a larger amount of money that the mazik will owe. What do we do? We evaluate just one unit. How much is a pregnant cow worth? Come on. How much was she worth when she was pregnant? And how much is she worth now? This is regardless whether the cow was killed. So you make that difference. Or if the cow was injured. So there will be a lesser injury or a lesser damage for the cow. So regardless, the nakuda is, is that when you have two ways of making an assessment, you do it in a way that is advantageous for the mazik. You evaluate everything together. And let's go back into the Gemara. Because if you will not say so, if you will evaluate the cow for itself, and then a fetus by itself, numbers. if a cow is worth, let's say, $100, and people will, pray, will pay for a pregnant cow, let's say, $120. If a person were to sell the cow by itself, and a fetus by itself, each one can have, the cow can be worth 100 and the fetus can be worth 50 so you don't say the mazik is chayv the 150, he's only chayv the 120. And if you do not say so, Nimsad's going to come out, says Rava, atamakhish as hamazik, you are, um, you're going to impair, you're going to damage, you're going to hurt the damager. And the question the Gemara is going to ask right away is, who cares? If the damager is chayv to pay, if the right way of assessment is to assess each one separately, what kind of logic is there to say that you don't want to do it that way because you're going to be makhish the mazik? The question is, what's the right way to assess? The Gemara is going to address it in a moment. Now what Rava does is, Rava sh shows that we have a precedent when it comes to other assessments, that whenever we have the option of assessing things individually and coming into a larger amount of money, or assessing things together, we do the together assessment which results in a lesser amount of money. And likewise, you find, if a person, God forbid, cuts off the hand of his fellow's Eved, and like Rashi speaks out, you don't evaluate, you don't assess how much is a hand worth, how would you assess that? So Rashi says, if Reuven owns a slave, and Shimon asks Reuven, how much money do I need to give to you for you to allow me to cut off your Eved's hand. He's going to ask for an exorbitant amount of money. How do we assess it? What is the lesser amount of assessment? By simply seeing how much is a slave worth in the market with two hands, and how much is a slave worth in the market with one hand. And that difference of price will be a lot less than if we were to assess it by asking the owner, let me pay you to cut off your Eved's hand before you cut it off. He would ask for a larger amount of money. And Vechein continues, Rava, likewise we find, Bemazik Sodeshal Chaveda, here it's Gavaldik, if a person were a person's animal, let's say ate up one portion of grain in someone else's field. So here really there are two things that we have to look at. Number one, you can say 
assess how much is the produce worth. And let's say my cow ate up a pound of your produce. A pound of produce, let's say, is worth $50. Then I damaged $50. We don't look at it that way. If my cow ate up produce that is on your field, we assess how much was the land worth when it had produce on it. How much now is the land worth less because it doesn't have that produce on it. And when you assess it by looking at the bigger picture altogether, land and produce versus land without the produce, rather than looking at how much is the produce worth for itself, the assessment of the land will be a lesser amount of money. Now it happens to be that by land, not only are we lenient to the mazik, by assessing the damage to the land, and not only looking at the produce itself, there's another leniency, what Rashi says. That even when we assess the land, one option would have been to look at the area upon which the produce grew, and to assess the land, how much is that little patch of land worth, with produce or worth without produce. But we make even a more lenient assessment. We don't look at that area itself. We look at a large amount of land. We look at a large bulk of land, the land which is the size of a base saw. And then we question how much is a base saw of land worth with a vegetable patch or without the vegetable patch. Once you assess the damage to a, and, you, and you compare it to a larger piece of land, the evaluation will be even a lesser amount of damage. And that's the way you do it. So the Chiddush of Rav is, is just like that as a fact how you assess produce eaten off the land. And that's the way you assess someone cutting off a slave's hand. Likewise here in the shoyer that was Mazak Pada, and the Pada we know in the case that we were to know that it aborted, that we don't assess each one separately. So to say, let's say we look at the bigger picture and we simply measure how much was the bigger picture worth before, how much is the bigger per picture worth now, and the difference is that which the mazik is chayif to pay. So, so Ravashi was asked, do you know who, if the right way would have been to assess each one separately, what was your counter logic? Because, you know, you're going to be nimsa'at makhish as a mazik, you're going to impair the mazik, who cares? Likhoish mazik, impair the mazik, if that's the right way to assess. Answered the Ravashi. It's not about that we don't want to impair the mazik. What we really mean to say is we are going after the damager to pay. The damager is the one that will claim the Amarlei Parama Abarta Azik Soch. I damaged your pregnant cow. And Parama Abarta Shaiminola. Therefore, I want to assess the cow that I damaged. Don't forget, he didn't gore the fetus. And perhaps the link between this sugi and the previous one is that we apply the concept of perhaps. In other words, when there is a way of assessing which is beneficial to the nizik, and when there is a way of assessing that's beneficial to the mazik, being that the nizik wants to take the money out of the mazik, so the mazik is the one that has the right to view it the way it is advantageous to the mazik. And he has a good claim. The mazik has a claim. I damaged the pregnant cow. I want to pay for how much was the cow worth before, how much is the cow worth now, and the difference will be paid. Continues the Gemara. Pshitats, it's clear, it's obvious, that pada dechad, that when the cow belongs to one owner, uvala dechad, and the fetus belongs to another owner. And as we spoke out yesterday, that really selling a fetus, according to the Tanoim, who hold, that a person cannot sell or make a kinyan, on something that's not yet in the world, you can't sell a fetus. But how could you have a scenario where the cow belongs to one and the fetus to another? That is when a person owned the cow and the fetus. The cow is ba'aylam, then the original owner can sell only the cow and keep the fetus for himself. And that kingin would work. So now Shimon owns the cow and Reuven continues to own the fetus. So in a case where you have two different owners, says the Gemara that when you assess the difference of how much was the cow worth before it got aborted and after it got aborted. Some of the devaluation has to do by the fact that the cow, when it was pregnant, aside of the fetus that was in it, the cow itself became fatter, became more robust. There was more meat on the cow itself and that added value to the cow. And now that the cow lost the child, so yes, there is the obligations of the mazik to the owner of the fetus, 
But the obligations of the devaluation, of the fattening of the cow, is not something that's shared between the Baal HaPara and the Baal of the fetus. It's given exclusively to the Baal HaPara. The cow was fatter, now the cow is skinnier, it's worthless. So Pitma, the fatness, for sure goes le Baal HaPara. However, the question is, Nifcha, the expansion, not how much more meat is there on the cow, by the very fact that the cow is expanded because it has inner fetus, that also adds value to the cow. Many speak out that that actually makes the hide of the cow larger, but that's coming also from the fetus. So now the question is, that difference in price, is it going to be given only to the Baal HaPara, or maybe this should be given to the Baal of the fetus, or it should be divided. So here we have a Machlekes. My, Rav Papa says it goes also to the Baal HaPara, interesting. Even though the cause of it came from the fetus, but it was something that was an added value to the cow. The cow is expanded versus the cow now is smaller. However, Rav Acha, Bered Rav holds that Cholkin. Flesh, more meat to the Pada, belongs to the Bala Pada. But the expansion and the loss thereof is something that's divided. And the Gemara says, that, that that difference of price is something that the Mazik has to pay, but to whom? To both. You divide it in between the Baal HaPara and the Baal HaVolod. Okay, now we're moving on to an amazing sugya. We're up to the Mishnah, that Mem Zayin Amadalaf. We're speaking about liabilities, and we're going to have a very unique, very important and relevant machlekes here in our Mishnah. So let's begin with the Mishnah and the example that the Mishnah gives and everyone can easily apply this concept to almost all liabilities that happen today in someone's private property. Says the Mishnah, Hakadur, if someone is a potter, and as Tresvis, and we'll speak out to Tresvis soon, a pottery are items that break easily and that will be of relevance. So the potter brings his pots into the courtyard of a balabais. And case number one in the Mishnah is without permission. So we're going to call the Kadar a trespasser. He entered someone else's domain without getting permission. So now, if the animals of the balabais broke his pots that are easy to break, so the din is potter, meaning the balabayas is potter, because the person, the kadar, had no rishus to be there. And, and, and if the opposite, the imhuska bohein, and if the balabayas' animal was damaged by the pots, being that the pots did, did not have permission to be there, neither did the potter, so the din is bal is chayev. That the owner of the pots is chayev, and we're going to follow the opinion of many rishonim, that what category of Nizikin. Does this Chiyuv come from? It comes from Boir. And we'll deal with that more in the Gemara. Let's not forget that there is actually a Machloikas. We learned, I think it was on Davchav Chesomid Beis, Rav and Shmuel, whether Boir is, no, whether there is an owner or not. Any hazard created and scenarios will make the owner of the hazard or the creator of the hazard Chayev of Boir. Or Rav is more of the opinion that Boir is only when the Boir is ownerless. Here we're not necessarily speaking about the pots being ownerless, but let's start the Mishnah by learning that in this case, the Baal of the pots, the Kadar, is Chayef to pay for the damage of the animals because he created the hazard in the Rishus of the Baalabais. However, but if the Baalabais gave him permission to enter the property, so he's not a, trans, he's not a, 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 a trespasser. But the question here, and that's going to be the key of the whole sugya, giving permission to enter, what does that mean? Does it mean you have permission to enter? Or does it mean if I'm giving you permission to enter my property, it, it implies that I am taking responsibility to make sure that you and your things won't be damaged in my property. That is the key. So here, if he gave him permission to enter, and again, the pots broke. Ah, the pots broke, says the Tanakama. Balabais is going to be chayiv. In other words, the Tanakama, the Chachamim hold, that permission implies accepting responsibility to guard your items. 
It's very common here, here in Los Angeles. I mean, that's the whole fear people have. You have a store. People have rishos to enter your store. And they trip on something. Are you liable or not? So, I think the civil law here is, is if you give someone permission to enter your home, there is a responsibility that you have to take care of them. Here in our Mishnah, we'll see, it's not so simple. And that's the opinion of the Tanakhama. The Tanakhama holds, permission to enter implies, I, the owner, will guard your things. Next case. Now the next case... Yeah, appe- even cases that thieves that went into... Unbelievable here. Almost Sadoim. He's speaking about Ronnie, he's speaking out that here in LA, the story is that a Ghana breaks into someone's house, and that Shaloi Bidashus, at Kedekach, that there is a, there is a, a possibility for the Balabas to be high. For, Mamish, these are the dinam of the Mishnah. So this scenario is completely out of the question. Let's go on. Now the Mishnah gives the same din using another example. Hichnis peiroisov lachatzar balabayis again shuloi bedushos. If someone, the the trans, the trespasser, brings produce into a house of a balabayis, and Tosfos speaks out that the repetition is because peiros produce is harder to damage than pots, and that might have made a difference. And the Mishnah says it does not. And the same thing, if it was Shaloi Berushos, Va'acholosan Behemte Shabalabayis, and if the owner's animal ate up the produce, then Potter, meaning the Balabayis is Potter, you had no permission to be there, I don't have to pay for the fact that my animal ate up your produce. And the opposite, Vim Huska Bohen, we'll see soon in the Gemara what that means, but if the animal's Balabas became damaged on the produce, let me just go tell you, the end will be, for example, it slipped on it, tripped on it, then the balapetus is chayiv, you had no right for to put your fruits there again, boyer. And the imhichnes bidashos, and if the balabas gave the balapetus permission to enter, then, and let's say the fruit was eaten, so the balabas is chayiv. So in other words, what Taisvis explains is that one would have thought that a pot that is very delicate, there, if the balabas gives permission, their permission means, I'm giving you permission and I'll make sure your pots don't, don't break. Because the Balabas understands that it's something uh, very delicate. One might have thought that if the guest is bringing in something that is harder to get destroyed, that the Balabas didn't mean I'll take responsibility to guard it. You know, you also should guard it. You the owner, you the Balapetus. Kamash Malan, the Tanakama holds that permission to enter implies... Balabas is taking responsibility to look after your things. And now even a greater case. And again, according to Toysavis, it's going to be the same din, but here we're speaking about a An axe is the hardest thing to damage. And again, one might have thought that the Balabas who gave permission never meant I'm going to guard your axe. Your axe can almost guard itself. But in all cases, the din will be the same. So again, if it shalai b'rishos, turning to daf mem zayin omid beis, so then unigachoi shoyroi shabalabayis, the balabas's ox gourd, the guest's ox, the, we'll call the balabas and the balashoyr, oish and the shachoi kalbay shabalabayis. Come in, I go over here, people have dogs. So the balabas's dog bit the of the Baal HaShoyer, who entered there without permission, in these cases, Pater, meaning the Balabas is Pater, it's following Mamash the same order, it's beautiful. Same Seder. Nagahu, but if the Baal is axe, gourd the Shoyer of the Balabayis. And let's just simply remember what we learned earlier on in the Masechta, that when it comes to Keren, Kavanah Selahazik, even though normally there's a difference between Tam and Muad, but let's go with Rab Tarfin, the Tana Rab Tarfin that holds, that even a Ked and Tam, you're right away Chayv to pay Nezek Shalom, so Chayv. Well, the Mishnah doesn't go into it, but just to remember here, this happened in the Rishus of the Balabais, and he entered Shuloi Bereshus, so the Bal Hashoyer is Chayv. Now here we add another example, which we did not have in the two previous cases, because it can be. Technical example. If the transpassers, if the Balashoir's axe fell into the Balabas cistern of water, and the Hivish Maimov, and it fouled its waters, so in other words, the Shoir damaged the waters of the Balabas, here also the Shoir is Chayv. And we'll leave that more for the Gemara. Exactly what Chayv is that? Is that Boir? Is that Shoir? We'll see later. We'll see in the Gemara. 
Another example. If the father of the Balabas, or if the son of the Balabas was in the pit that was in the Rishus of the Balabas, and the Shoir that belonged to the Bala Shoir, we're speaking all about a case that he entered Shuloi Virashus, threw himself on top of the child or the father that was in the bottom of the pit. And as we know, when you have a case of Mu'ad, then aside of the din of Asher Yisakel, then there's a din of Koifer. So here, Mishalom is a Koifer, he has to pay Koifer. So there's two points here, as we'll see in the Gemara. Number one, that as we'll speak out to learn it's very hard to explain this case that it should be a muad by Tam there's no kaifer muad in such a case we'll, we'll speak this out in the next daf it's very difficult to understand how that works and we had the rav that was quoted before and the other issue is what you said if the concept of muad paying kaifer and over here he was there who cares who got killed why dafke all that the Gemara is going to address now the opposite going back to the other side that the if the Baal Hashoyed got permission to enter and again one might have thought that even if permission implies that the Balabas is taking responsibility to guard that might, that might only be to things that need to be guarded an ox from the examples compared to Peters and certainly compared to Pots, needs the less guardianship. The ox guards itself. Still, the din will be, he got permission. Permission implies the Balabas is taking a chrayis over it. And therefore, Baal HaChatzer Chayiv, if damage happened to the ox, then the Baal HaChatzer is going to be Chayiv. Atkan Tanakama, and we'll call that Shitas Chachamim. Rebbe disagrees with the whole concept. And Rabbi Oimer, Bikulan, and all of the cases of the Mishnah, the Baal Habas won't be responsible to pay for the damages that he or his property did to the guest, even if he gave him permission to enter. He's not a trespasser, he's a guest. All he meant is, you have permission to enter. But I should be responsible if something happened to your pots, to your produce, to your ox. I never took that responsibility. You should have protected it. That when will the Balabas be chayiv? Unless he explicitly says, I am taking responsibility to guard it. If he did not make such an explicit statement, then the Balabas will not be chayiv. In other words, according to Rebbe, when I go into your domain with your permission, basically I have permission to be there. You certainly have permission to be there. Everyone is responsible to guard their own things. And if you damaged mine, you're not going to be chayiv. If I'm sorry, if if you damaged mine, you're not going to be chayiv because you never took responsibility to guard it. I should have guarded my own stuff. And likewise, in reverse, according to Rebbe, if mine damaged yours. In such a case, I also won't be chayv because I entered Virashus. But no one has to pay the other. Each one has to guard their own things. Oh, says the Gemara. Tama, the Gemara is referring to the opening case of the Mishnah, where the potter who entered Shulay Virashus, and then the animal of the Balabas got hurt by the pots. So the, uh, in fact, the, the, so the, the potter has to pay to the balabas. That was the first case of the mission. I entered Shalai Bidishos, I put my pots down over there, the balabas' animal got injured, I, the bal, hakador, has to pay. Asks the Gemara, the reason why the potter has to pay is only the Shalai Bidishos. And as we spoke at, we're going to learn the Sugya Kishitas, Rishonim, that what category of Ovis Nizikin is the Baal HaKadr Chayef to pay for? For Boyd. He put a hazard, without permission, in the Balabas' property. And his animal got damaged. I put the Boyd, I got to pay. What does that imply? Because the Mishnah never spoke out this case. That if I would have had permission, so then, forget about what the Mishnah spoke out. That if I had permission, according to the Chachamim, the Balabas is Chayef to pay if it damages my pots. What happens if my pots damage the, the animal of the Balabas? But I was with permission, it seems. That the owner of the pots won't have to pay. He only has to pay because he was there. And what's the Chiddush? Ah, 
So now the Gemara says Gavaldik. We do not say that Kabule, by requesting permission to enter, you can argue the same logic that the Chachamim argued in the Mishnah, that if the Balabas gives permission to someone to enter, the Balabas is taking responsibility to watch his stuff, you can, Luchura, if that would be the logic, you would say the same in the reverse. That if someone is requesting permission to enter, what is implied in that request? I'm asking permission to enter because I'll make sure that I won't damage you. And we don't say, but here we're saying that if he entered Bereshus, the Balakaderes won't have to pay. And we don't say that Kabule Kabel Balakaderes Nitirusi the Bemtu the We don't make that equation, which we should have. And the Gemara's Havimina is that it should be the same thing. Just like the Chachamim holding the Reisha, that a Balabasu gives permission. Permission implies I will guard. The one who asked for permission also is implying in his request, listen, if you'll give me permission, I'll make sure that I don't damage you when I go into your property. If that were to be the case, then he should have been chayiv. But the Mishnah says he's not chayiv. He's only chayiv because he had no permission. So asking permission, not equating taking responsibility, that's really the opinion of Rebbe. That says, kol tirusa, As Rebbe said at the end of the Mishnah. So ironically, when you read the first case of the Mishnah, even though the Mishnah does not say it explicitly, the Mishnah seems to be implying, Mamashitas Rebbe. That if a Kadr gets permission to enter a Balabayas Rishus, the Kadr did not mean, give me permission, and I'll make sure that I, the Balha Kadr, my pots won't damage you. He didn't say that. He only wanted permission to enter. So we don't equate permission with taking responsibility. Well, if that's the case, Eim Seifa. I mean, the whole sheet of the Tanakama was, as we learned it, is the opposite. It says in the Seifa, Im Hechnes Bereshus, Balachatzer, if he entered with Rishos of Balachatzer, and then the Balabas' animal damaged the pots. The Mishnah says the Balabas is Chayiv. Clearly, that's the sheet of the Tanakama. That taking, giving permission, means taking responsibility. Yeah? So the first scenario of the Mishnah and the subsequent scenarios of the Mishnah seem to be of two different opinions. And it's even worse because sometimes when we don't have another alternative, we say, Reisha, one Tana, say for the other Tana. The problem with our Mishnah is, is that at the end of the Mishnah, we quote Shitas Rebbe. So here it's going to come out that the beginning, at the end, our Rebbe, in the middle is Rabbanan, that's even more dachuk to say that. And soon, furthermore, at the end of the Mishnah, And that question was so strong that Abzeda says, It's self-contradictory. It's contradicting itself. And meaning, That it was not learned by the same Tanoim. Rebbe compiled Mishnayis together, but it wasn't that the whole beginning of the Mishnah is one Shitas Chachamim. It's really Rebbe, Rabbanan, and Rebbe, which is not good. So really, it shouldn't have been put together. However, Rav says that Kula Rabbanan, that our whole race of the Mishnah is the Rabbanan. And don't equate at all a Balabas giving permission for someone to enter his property. Only there do we say that the Balabas's granting permission implies and equates to owning up. The Balabas is saying, I'm going to guard your things. And Rabbi is going to make a statement that at the end of the summit, we're actually going to question. Rabbi is going to go to the extreme, that when a Balabas gives other people permission to enter their property, they are basically saying, I am like a Shoymer Chinam on your belongings. That's huge. Because a shaymer chinam on your belongings doesn't only mean that you have permission to enter and I won't damage you. My animals won't damage you. It's more than that. Shaymer chinam means that if I'm guarding your article, I'm taking responsibility that nothing will damage it and if it does, I'm responsible. Let's read it in sight. Rabban says that that the meaning of a Balabas's granting permission to enter there and only there is he really saying I'm, I'm allowing you to enter if you're entering with things I am taking full responsibility meaning even if a wind will break your pots I'm going to be chayef to pay 
because I am like a shomer. That is the only side where we say permission equates I'm a shomer. Not the other way around. When a kadot is getting permission to enter the rishus of the balabayas, he did never meant that if I'm asking for permission to enter, what I really mean to say is, I'm asking permission to enter, and I'm going to make sure that I don't damage you. That's not what he means. And it makes a lot of sense. Because what is the given? The given is, that's your property. I don't have permission to enter your property. So asking permission to enter is something that I need to do. Because without that, I, I'm not allowed to be there. But that's all I asked for. Now you gave me the shoes to enter. And I entered. But I never even thought about, I have to be careful that my pacha not injure your stuff. If you had such a fear, don't allow me to enter. The opposite is that when you own property and you give someone permission to enter, according to the Chachamim, which is lahabdul, similar to the civil law over here, that a balabas is responsible, you allow people to enter your home, you have to make sure nothing happens to them. And if something happens to them, then you'll be held liable if they entered Bereshus, according to the Chacham. Good. Continues the Gemara according from the mission. Here we're quoting the case of the Mishnah is that he went again without permission from the Balabas and the animal of the Balabas got damaged on the fruits. That was the case of the Mishnah. So the din is being that the Bal HaPeris entered Shaloi Bereshus here the Bal HaPeris has to pay for the damage. So Amar Rav, Rav limits this responsibility, what does it mean that since he entered Shuloi Bereshus, the Baal HaPeris is chayv to pay for the damage that is paid as did to the animal of the Baal HaBaz? Loishanu ela shuhuch lekabahen, as we touched when we learned the Mishnah, that's only if the Baal HaBaz's animal slipped on the fruits. And as we said, the fruits is like a hazard. But you had no Rishus to be there, you chayv to pay. Aval, but he's saying a huge chiddush. If the damage that the trespassers' fruits caused was because the balabas's animal ate up his fruits and it overate and it got ill, or sometimes you can overeat and die. Here, going back to certain concepts that people get uncomfortable with, but whenever the chachamim look at a case of damages where you have a mazik and a nizak, of course the mazik is the one that's guilty. But we don't only look at the mazik. If the nizak could have done something to prevent himself or herself of getting damaged, we take that into account. In our case, the animal of the balabas got damaged because it overate. Here it says, the animal should not have overeaten. It's as if the animal brought the nizak upon itself. True, he had no just to be there. True, if he, wouldn't, if he would have followed the rules, there wouldn't have been fruit for the animal of the balabas to eat. But nevertheless, he's not going to be chayv to pay. Butter. And my tama, the mazik tells the nizak, in our case, the balapetis tells the balabas, who asked your animal to eat? And let's read inside the middle of Taisvis, the third Taisvis on the Amid, where it's, at the end of Taisvis, he quotes, I'm reading the last two lines of Taisvis, that kivin should be mischavin, maybe all of since the animal intentionally, it's not that it slipped. Slipping means that I didn't see it there. Maybe I could have looked better, but I, why would I even think to look better? You didn't belong there. But when it comes to an animal eating, every act of eating is a, a I have kavana to eat. So the animal did something with its own intent. So the logic here will be, that this one, meaning the balapetas, is the l'schayi v'kach, you won't have to pay for it. That is what Rav said. And I was going to be challenged. And the Omer Rav Sheshes, had so much respect to Rav, that whenever he heard the Rav say something, that for Rav Sheshis, it didn't, it didn't make sense, he was convinced that the only reason why Rav said it was because he was falling asleep. In other words, had Rav been awake, he never would have said that statement. And that's a, that's a statement of respect. So Rav Sheshis says, Amina, I'll tell you, that Kinoyim Vishachiv Rav he was falling asleep, so he made such a statement. Why? Because I'm going to show you from a Braisa that Rav Sheshis knew Rav was familiar with that the Braisa implies otherwise. The time we learned, if a person puts poison in front of his friend's animal, and let's not forget that there's a rule called Grama Benazikin. When I directly cause damage, or the Chiddush of the Taydef, my property directly causes damage, I'm chayv to pay. But if I or my animal do something that does not directly cause damage, if it doesn't fit into the Arba of his Nazikin, or Rabchiyah's 24 hours Nazikin, 
then even though I caused the damage to happen, and Taka Medina Shamayim, if I want to make it good with Hashem, I should pay up, but a Beisden cannot force me to pay. That's the rule. Gerama bin Ezekin is Potter, and that always means Potter Medina Yadam, Beisden cannot force me to pay, but there is an ethical responsibility for which I am held accountable for, but not on a human Beisden. Chai Bedina Shamayim doesn't mean a person should wait until they're 120. Fakert, it means that you should pay it now. Because Hashem holds you responsible, but you can't enforce that in court. So the din is, in the Braisa, putting poison in front of, in front of someone else's animal, and the Braisa. So the Gemara now implies, Rapshesh's implies from the Braisa. In other words, an animal does not instinctively eat poison. So since the animal did something that is against its own instincts, true, if the mazik, if the Baal Hassam Hamavas wouldn't have put it down there, the animal wouldn't have eaten it. He caused the damage to happen, but what he did is not called direct damage. Because he did something which at the time, he can argue, an animal doesn't eat poison. It's against its instincts. But what does that imply? Avil Peiris, the Avida the Akhla, animals instinctively eat. So then Lechura, then Bedini Adam, Nama Mechayev. Which Mamash goes against Rav. What was Rav's logic? Rav says that whenever an animal gets damaged because it overate, the owner of the food, the one who put the food, can claim who asked your animal to eat. Your animal was mazik itself. So Rav Sheshesh said, okay, Rav, if Rav would have been awake, he never would have said it. But we don't accept that. So Amrei, they answered that, no, 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 Rav, whether he was falling asleep or not, what Rav says is Amis. I, the Braisa appears to contradict his rule, so we have two ways of, ex- of explaining and reconciling it up with the Braisa. One is, which is exactly I, why did the Braisa pick a case of Sama Mavach? Not to teach you that you're Potter. To teach you that even by Sama Mavach, you're Chai Shamayim. Even though an animal does not instinctively eat poison, so nevertheless, still, that's a chiddush. Because the owner of the Samamavas can claim, why am I even I left poison. I didn't even dream that your animal will eat it. It goes against the nature of an animal. Or, that not every Samamavas is something that an animal instinctively does not eat. There are many foods that are poisonous for animals, but since it's a food type, animals do instinctively eat it. So whether an animal overeats, or if it eats something which is hurtful for the animal, it's mamish the same thing. So the case of the Bryce is the case of Rav. That's how Mamavach means, Ba'afarasto, Afrasto, a certain type of vegetable, a certain type of herb, a certain type of food. The point is, it's, it's fruit, it's poisonous to animals, and Fakert, the Braisa now collaborates the din of Rav. The Gemara is not done yet. So Meisvei, we ask, we challenge Rav from the following Braisa. And we have to remember this Braisa from Memches. Says the Braisa, If a woman enters someone else's property to grind flour, because she didn't have a grinder, her neighbor had here also, did she have permission? Did she not have permission? Says the Braisa, if she entered Shalaibirashus, and after she ground up her wheat, and the Balabayas' animal ate the wheat, and she has a tie against the Balabas, says the Braisa Potter, the Balabas is Potter, very much like we learned in the Mishnah. You entered there, Shalaibirashus. My animal ate up your petis? You shouldn't have been there. And if the animal got damaged, then you're chayef. The woman is chayef. Now again, the havamina is, imhuska means that the animal ate up the wheat. Rav has an ashita that who asked the animal to eat? The Baal can tell, the Baal, the Baal hachitim can tell the Baal abbas there, your animal shouldn't have eaten it. Answers Just like Rav had the same words in our Mishnah, Huska, and Rav says that our Mishnah Huska means slipped. There also the Braisa means that if the animal slipped on the wheat, not if it ate it, what's the question? Why would this be different than our Mishnah that Rav the Oikim no Shuhuchla 
And the answer to the question is so strong that the Gemara asks, What was even the Kasha? Gavaldik. So Amar Allah, the Gemara explains the question. Because you have to be Medayik in the words. And in the Mishnah, the words are, Huchleka Bahain. Huchleka, Huzaka Bahain. Bahain means on it, through it. It, it leads more to slipping. In the Braissa, you didn't have the words Bahain. Let's read it inside. You got injured on it, through it. That is a very uh, large word. That for sure includes slipping. So it have limited it to slipping. But here in the Braissa, every word is Meduyak. That the Braissa only used the words Huska, got harmed. And the Braissa didn't write the words Bahain. So the one who asked the question understood that that only means eating. To which we answer, Right, another question against Rav. It says in Hebrew, If the Baal Hashoid entered a Chatzar Balabas without permission, and the Ochal, Chitin, and the Balabas's animal, ate. I'm sorry, and the, and the, the, the Baal Hashoir's ox, who was there, Shalei the Shus, ate the Balabas's wheat, and the Hisris, and the ox developed diarrhea, and the ox died. Don't forget, he was there, Shalei the Shus. Here, Potter, the Balabas's Potter. The Braise continues, the Imhichnis Bereshus, but if the Baal Hashoir entered with permission, and it ate up the wheat of the Balabas, then the Balaba Chatzar is Chayef. The question is, according to Rav, Vamai, why are you Chayef? Havalei Shalayoichel. Say it the opposite way. Why can't the Balabas, the Balaba Chatzar, tell the I gave you the shoes, I had my wheat, but who asked it to eat? So Rav says, whoa, whoa, one second. That's the whole point. And Rav Lashitasai. Let's not forget that once you give permission, especially the way Rav understands, permission is a mamish becoming a Shoemer. If I take responsibility to guard your animal, then I'm chayiv if your animal ate up food and it died. I, the, 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 the one in charge of guarding, should have made sure it shouldn't eat. It says the Gemara, One, one second. The Brai says the case of Rishus. The statement of Rab is when there was no Rishus. Rishus. Since, as we, we learned before, and Rab to the extreme, Shemina, Shoirai, Kibel, Olav. Meaning, look at the funny words, if I'm a Shreimer, even a Shreimer Chinam, and I say I'm guarding your ox, if your ox commits suicide, I'm responsible. Who asked your ox to commit suicide? Never happens. The point is that that is part of the responsibility of a Shreimer. So the price is different. Raf's point was if there was no Rishos. And here, again, my animal who was in your property, Shaloi Rishos, ate up your wheat. Here the din is going to be I bring my fruit into your property, and your animal eats up my fruit, even though I'm there, here we say, I can tell you who asked your animal to eat it. Your animal says the victim brought the problem upon himself. Now, we go back to the statement that Rav made in the beginning. And it doesn't change the way the Gemara explained our Mishnah, that Reish is only the Chachamim, the Sefer is only Rebbe. We do differentiate between an owner giving permission. The Reish, no, the Reish is the Chachamim and the Sefer is only Rebbe. You know, we don't have to say that because the Gemara clarified that there is a difference between a Balabas giving permission. There the Chachamim say permission implies responsibility to guard. Versus a guest entering, the guest never means by asking permission that my things won't damage you. He never means that. But the Rebbe used the extreme expression, which is that a balabas giving permission means he's mamish like a shimer. And that's something we're going to ask. They asked in the yeshiva, is it atkat? Is Rebbe's statement, do we accept it or not? When a balabas gives someone else permission to enter his or her property, mahu. Now, this question is not only on the Chachamim. L'chachamim, you don't even have to explicitly say. It's implied. L'rebi, you have to say. Let's say, L'rebi, you said, come into my house and I'm responsible to make sure that none of your things get damaged. How far is that accepting of responsibility? Do we say, is it only the nafshi who the kabbalah The balabas is telling the guest, my things won't damage you. I won't damage you. But if something else, if a bird flies into the property and eats your produce, 
I never took Achrayas like a Shomer. In other words, maybe Rava's statement is not correct. Or maybe, no, Rava is we accept Rava's statement. That Balabas' permission. Lachachamim implying Achrayas. Lerebi, when he gave permission and he explicitly took Achrayas. What does he mean with that Achrayas? Afilu nitirusa da'alma kabbal He takes responsibility even for a damage that comes from the outside. Is he mamish like a shemer? Now that's the question. So we're going to try to resolve the question. Toshimaham. The Tani Rabbi Hudabar Simon. Rabbi Hudabar Simon learned Benizikin the Beikarno. We had this one time previously in this Masechta that Beikarno. First of all, originally Baba Kama, Baba Metziah, Baba Basra was called Nezikin. It was called Nesechtes Nezikin. Not Seder Nezikin. There was Nesechtes Nezikin. Then there was a Braisa that was learned in the Yeshiva of Karna that was called the, 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 the Braises of Beikarna. Yeah. And there we had the following. That Hichnis, Peiroisav, Lachatzar, Balabai, Shaloi, Bereshuz. Right, one of the cases of our Mishnah, the Bala Peiros entered without permission, and an ox, not from the Bala bus, another ox, someone else's ox came, and ate, third party's ox came and ate my produce, Pater, now here the Braiser doesn't say, who's Pater? Pater, we'll get to that in a moment. However, but if I had permission to enter your Chatzar, and a third party's ox ate it, Chayv. And the Havamin of the proof is, Man Pater, Man Chayiv, Laf Pater, Balachatzer. Is it not that Chayiv, Balachatzer? Now, if the Balachatzer is Chayiv, clearly we see this proves Rava's statement. That when a Balachatzer, a Balabaz, gives to the Shus, which either implies, or the Rebbe, when he gave, said, Enter and I'm responsible. I'll watch over your stuff. He's even Chayiv to guard third party damages, like a Shamer. That's what it means in the Brais of Beikarna. So says the Gemara Amri Lohi that the meaning of the Brais is not about the Balachatzer. They're Fakir, they're a third party's ox. So the question is, is the Balhashir Chayev or not? So Pater means Balhashir. Chayev means Balhashir. So asks the Gemara what can be. Because if we're speaking about the Balhashir, then ask that Memches, my Bereshus, Umai Shaloi Bereshus. What difference will it make? The third, if the third party's ox, if the owner has to pay for the damage, which makes sense, let him always have to pay. What difference does it make to the Balashoid whether I entered Chaim's property Bidashus or not? Ika. So they gave a Gavaldic answer. Omri, they said that Bidashus, let's not forget that the example, the case that this Bryce spoke about, was not where there was a damage done through the Keren of the third party's ox. Keren with taking out Raptarfin, there's no difference between Rishos Rabbim and Rishos Ayachit. But the example was a third party's ox ate my produce. What is that? Shane. Oh, it's good Chazara now. Shane, we use the huge Rafkamina. When is a person chayiv for Shane? When the animal ate up the produce, Bereshos Anizak, this day Acher. Shane, Bereshos Rabbim, is Potter. Ah, so now let's read it inside. Omri, Bereshos. Havalah, if I entered there with Rishos, what does Rishos mean? It's amazing. If I enter Reuven's property with the Rishos of Reuven, I temporarily somehow become some sort of partner there because I have the right to be there. So now my produce is so to say in my Rishos. So now if a third party's ox eats up my produce, I, the Nizak, tell the third party, pay, shame. He's shouting, it wasn't the Steyacher. I'm saying, yeah, it was in my field. Because I had permission to be there. If it was Rishos, Havalo Shem Rishos Hanizak, and the Shem Rishos Hanizak, Chayeves, but if I entered Reuven's property, Shiloh Rishos, that means I don't, I don't have any sort of temporary, temporary rights there. I don't belong there. So the owner of the ox can tell the owner of the fruits, my ox ate it, but it ate it, Rishos Arabim, so to say, as far as my ox is concerned. It's analogous to the Shusarabim. And the Shame of the Shusarabim is Pater. The problem is Tashima. So the Gemara right away continues and says, Ah, that won't work. Because if you are explaining Pater and Chayv on the Balashoid, because of shame, by shame there is Takanaf Kamina between the Shusarabim and the Shusanizak. However, we're going to find the exact same words when it comes to a third party's ox. That gored my ox. So I'm a person. I bring my ox into the Rishos of Reuven. And then 
Shimon's axe gores my axe. Let's read inside. And I bring my axe into the oven's property. And I was there. And the mazik shimen shor comes. And it gores my axe. Potter. Again, the Brayse doesn't say is the balachatzer potter or is the balashoy potter. But if I was there with the shoes, then chayiv. And now says the Gemara. One second. Man potter or man chayiv. Again, this is a right enough. It must be. Pater balachatzer v'chay balachatzer. And again, if the balachatzer gave me the shus, why is he going to be chayev? It must be that we taka say what Rava says, that's a rayah from Abraisa, that the balachatzer, the balabayas, who gave me permission to be there, which means he's going to watch over my things, or Lerebi, he said he'll watch over my things, he's saying, I am a shaymer. And if he is a shaymer, so then he has to return to me what I entrusted with him. So the loy says the Gemara here also not that pater means balashor the chayiv balashor. But now we're back to the question. Iachi my berushus so my shulei berushusika. Here, what difference will there make? Shor keren even berushus adam is chayiv. You chayiv always. So the Gemara says, ah, we just mentioned the Raptarfin today. That Amri Hamani Raptarfin. Let's not forget pater here won't mean pater lagamri. But let's not forget that according to the Tana Raptarfin. When the damage of Kedon, even Tam, happens with Rishus Nizak, the Mazak has to right away pay Nezak Sholem. So the case here was that Shimon's axe, which was the third party, the example that we're giving, was a Tam. And it gored my axe. So he only wants to pay me Chatzin Nezak. If I had permission to be in Reuven's property, so I'm viewed as a temporary partner, so to say, with rights, to, so it's my property. Ah, it was damaged on my property. I want Nezek Shalom. That even Mishuna Keren, meaning even when it's only Tam, but if the damage happened in the property of the, of the Nizak, Nezek Shalom is Shalem, so therefore, Bidashus, Havala Keren, Bidashus, and Nizak. The meaning of the Brais and Chayv is Chayv for everything. Shulay Bidashus, of course the Balashay has to pay. However, because you have to pay even if it did damage in the Rishul Sarabim. But if it's Mishuna Keren, if it's Keren Tam, he only pays Chatzin Ezek. Havala Keren the Rishul Sarabim. And below Mishal Me'ela Chatzin Ezek. And that's the meaning of Potter. Potter from Nezek Sholem, Chayv and Chatzin Ezek. So we did not back up Rav's statement from Abraisa, from, from Tanoim. We don't know. We left the question open by the Tanoim whether it is I'm going to guard it or I'm a Shoemer and I have to guard it from the Alma and Emirates Hashem to be continued next year.